0: More black people are gonna die before white people learn they have to do more than cry. We're running out of time, and big money won't let us decarbonize.
1: So, this is CJ Baker, and this is episode 25 of the ongoing history of protest music the companion podcast to the website OngoingHistoryOfProtestSongs.com. So today, my special guest is Christine Mould, bassist and vocalist at the Iowa-based band, Miss Christine. So thanks for being here.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: <laughs> so of course, we're doing this through Zoom, so we all social distancing. Yes. So how are you managing with the pandemic?
2: It's been an adjustment for sure. Normally, I'm touring like nonstop throughout the year. So it's pretty much halted all that. I think I've only played like seven shows this year, which is really strange. I usually play like a 100 shows. So it's been an
1: adjustment for sure. How about you? Yeah, we're doing fairly well. I was fortunate that I was already mostly working from home, so
2: mm, that's it wasn't
1: good. as big of an adjustment. Yeah. And I tend to be a bit of an introvert anyway, so.
2: Mm.
1: But obviously yeah. for a number of people, it's been pretty major.
2: Yeah, I feel like I got a crash course of what it's like to be an introvert.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> So... I I can't wait until we can get together and go to live shows and play live shows again. I miss live music so
1: much. You've been doing any live streaming or?
2: Um, I did a live stream every week in the month of April, and since then I've done one every couple months. Um, the next one I'm doing, I'm playing the I Voted Festival on November third, so that'll be Election Day. And anyone who shows a photo of them with their absentee ballot or if, of course, if it's um, legal in your state to take a photo in front of your polling place, um, you send that and that's how you get admission to the concert. And it's the biggest online festival of this year. Um, And I'll be playing on the Iowa stage. So that's the next live stream I have coming up on election day.
1: Okay, so that's kind of a cool initiative there. Yeah. (laughs) Good. And of course the reason you're mainly here is to talk about your music so you recently i guess it's going to be released by the time the podcast airs so you,
2: yeah
1: so the song truth and song
0: please expose them they've it far too long
1: What was the motivation behind that song?
2: Well, with everything going on in our country and being in our homes, um, I was an organizer on the Bernie 2020 campaign. And so I did a lot of door knocking and actual talking to people. And since everything had to become digital and all the protests after George Floyd um, was killed, I just decided that I didn't feel comfortable going out to big protests and being around people with the pandemic and so all of my anger and frustration with what's going on and all of these things that are existential to us as human beings just kind of poured themselves into the song mm-hmm. and it it felt really good to write it. I feel like it's a song that wrote itself kind of yeah. when I sat down at the piano and just, yeah, since I can't be out there on the streets, I just needed to find a way to channel this energy, and that's what became Truth and Song.
1: Okay, cool. And also, like, even the title Truth and Song, like, to me, that title even highlights the role that music can play within social movements. Um, so, personally, why do you feel that's important to use your music to speak out on issues?
2: It's so important because music is so powerful and it can reach different levels of humanity that might not otherwise work. Um, Just having a conversation or there's such a divide in our country right now. um, And being able to have a message through music um, that's so powerful, I think is really impactful. And I was so excited to find your blog and what you're doing because it really uh with the pandemic and um i recently had someone tell me to just um stick to singing and not to don't talk politics (laughs)
1: yeah
2: and it was like well here you can listen to truth in song because i'll just tell you what i'm thinking in song if that's better for you um but (laughs) just having the um ability to know the history of how powerful music can be and I think yeah. that there's a lot of people in power who try to get artists to not speak out because yeah. they know that you know music brings people together and that if people come together things will really start to change um so yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, music definitely plays an important role in that so you definitely speak out for your music and you also mentioned involved with the Bernie Sanders campaign Mm -hmm. so you're being politically active is that something you've always been or is that something that come about later on in life
2: it definitely came up on or later in my life um in 2012 I was at the second inauguration of Obama I went to this um presidential collegiate conference and um I got to meet people from all over the world and talk about their politics in their local community which was really impactful but for me it wasn't until 2015 when I heard about Bernie Sanders in Iowa back when nobody really knew who he was and his message really impacted me and 2020 was the year that I became way more politically active um, because I worked in Iowa and New Hampshire on the campaign and that's very different work from being a musician yeah. um and then it just kind of naturally made its way into my music with truth and song um and I, my f- first album conversion has some political songs on it but i think my next album will be a bit more political <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I could you even mention your album conversion like i know there's a couple of songs that I definitely deal with social issues but I would say probably the most politically direct song which I know you at least the video for as well is the millennial paradigm I think we're
0: pretty great, just not strong and this has gone on for 60 years too. For the
1: uh, what, what was the inspiration behind that song?
2: So that was written shortly after the uh, Democratic National Convention in 2016. Mm-hmm. I was there protesting mm-hmm. and I just saw and I felt in my bones that Trump would most likely win the 2016 election just because people wanted so much change. Yep. And the only way that we can get that change is if we all come together and stop looking at social media and actually <laughs> go out and have conversations with one another. And so my music video for that, I finished after I worked on the Bernie 2020 campaign. And so that was inspired about, uh, um, from a lot of my experiences that I had just talking to people and hearing their stories.
1: Cool. And also, because even with the album, like I even find the, like obviously it's also the title song, mean, the title, the album title, Conversion, to me, that's an interesting album title. Uh, what was the significance of that as an album title?
2: So that's an interesting question because I chose that title for the album because that was my favorite song on the album. Why does the green come between the life
0: I thought I'd leave?
2: The way that I recorded my album was nobody in my band had heard the songs. So we showed up in the studio and we did three songs a day for five days and we would listen to the demo recording. I would hand out charts and we would go into the studio and track every song on the spot. And the idea of that is that music is the most powerful when it's first created. Yeah. And so because of that, I had no idea what my album was going to sound like going okay. into the studio. It was a total... Gamble, <laughs> um, And so I really liked how Conversion turned out and that's why I named the album that but just thinking about that more and you know once a piece of art or an album is put out into the world we, and we grow as people the songs I'm writing now are very different than yep. what that album is. Um, I find it a very interesting title and especially that song has um, to do with money and just realizing about you know this pandemic has really opened our eyes or at least my eyes to capitalism and some of the failings with that and so i think there is some other meanings in there as well
1: (laughs) yeah i think that's why because i listened to the song watched the video It's probably my favorite track on the album too part of Mm -hmm. the reason why it's my favorite track is i couldn't quite figure out what it was about but i could see a couple of different interpretations like I thought it might've been some kind of like self-identity thing connected to that and yeah, then you the, now mentioned the monetary aspect, which makes sense as well. And
2: yeah, the music video, um, that is about uh, gender identity. I'm, oh, okay. I'm genderqueer. And so okay. that music video is a how I feel trying to have to look a certain way or the pressure yeah. of society. Um, but that song, I wrote it in, when I lived in Nashville, I lived in okay. Nashville for three years. And so there's a line in it that goes, they say it takes three weeks to form a habit. Well, what yeah. about three years? Yeah. And so I was really unhappy living in Nashville. So I moved <laughs> back um, to Iowa to finish writing my album. Yeah. Um, and so that song was kind of, was written at a time when I was just feeling very sad about my current living situation and everything
1: yeah Yeah, because there seem to be a few songs in the album where it's almost like the personal and political intersects
2: yeah definitely it's all connected somehow
1: (laughs) yeah that definitely makes for a powerful listening experience so we mentioned how fairly recently you got involved in politics but with political music was that something you're always drawn to
2: I, I think so. And I just I don't think that I really knew that it was political. Um, And the biggest thing that I learned from working on the campaign is that the political is personal and it affects every single thing in our lives. And so to be able to share those messages in music, that is just so powerful. And yeah thinking to certain like john lennon songs or things like yeah. that that i like to listen to it's like yes those are very political but i had no idea or i didn't really think about it in that context but yeah it's definitely been a part of my life for sure
1: okay cool so what all some of your musical influences then like you mentioned john lennon um any other ones that kind of help shape your music
2: Yeah, my favorite band is the Beatles. I love Led Zeppelin, um, Deep Purple, Jefferson Airplane. I really like 60s and 70s rock. Um, Some modern artists would be like Regina Spector. Um, When I was younger, I was really into Panic at the Disco. Um, I also really love Motown music. Um, The Supremes are one of my favorite groups um and I really love Ray Charles okay so it's co- quite a mix I guess.
1: <laughs> that even shows up in your music because sometimes when I introduce like artists and bands and stuff I'll mention the genre that they are part of. I had a tough time figuring out what genre you're in. Like me mean that's a compliment. Listen to that yeah. there is like rock elements, there's even a bit of punk elements, there's that R&B element. Like there's a number of different elements going on there.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I have a really hard time of putting it in a box as well because there definitely are those elements. I also really love the band The Police. Okay. Uh, And my favorite bass player is Paul McCartney, and I love Sting. So.
1: Okay. So that influenced your bass pain as well? Yeah. So as someone who has... Because you even touched upon this a bit when you said that someone told you to kind of just stick to music. But is that something, have you frequently faced backlash from using your platform to speak up?
2: Not so much until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it just makes sense right now with how divided our country is mm-hmm. and speaking truth to power, it's very scary and it is, It still feels scary to me sometimes speaking out against these things and when I was performing live at the beginning of this year I would say from the stage um, uh, ask people questions and to get them Mm -hmm. thinking about politics and stuff like that because it really should be something that's on our everyday radar because it affects all of us all over the world. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that I'm getting more backlash um, in current times, but it's okay because we need to speak out against these things and these awful atrocities that keep happening all over the world and our, in our co- own country. So.
1: So of course I know a lot of like the purpose of like the song and the music is to encourage people to vote. Um, but this is probably gonna air after the election. So even like, for example, your song, your new song, Truth and Song, that's not gonna become irrelevant just because of who wins the election. So what do you think should take place regardless of who ends up winning the election?
2: What do I think should take place?
1: Yeah. What action do you think will still be needed in either scenario?
2: Yeah, in either scenario, there is, we just need to bring people together to really speak up and fight these big corporations. And they've, these lobbyists and these things have infiltrated our government. And we need to make sure that we elect people that represent our interests. And, you know, it's not over on November 3rd. It's, in my view, it's just the beginning. So. We need to write our representatives, need to have peaceful protests, and just keep showing how important these things are. And for me, my biggest issue is uh, Medicare for All. That's why I worked for the campaign, because yeah. as a self-employed musician, it's really freaky um, yeah. just knowing how to get health care or how many yeah. of my friends have had to pay so much money for their health care costs and no. that's something if you look at the history of how long we've been trying to pass universal healthcare in our country, it's been going on for like over the past seventy years. So it's it's a long fight. Um yeah. politics is not for the weak. It's a no. long <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so Medicare,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. fight for universal health care. You got Basically, whatever administration wins, you don't have a candidate that's openly on board with it yet. So, that yeah, I still need to be done.
2: Yeah. And if my music can help inspire people in any way to continue that fight, yeah. then that means the world to me, because, you know, if everyone has their own awakening um, to these issues or to fight or get more politically active and if my music can be a part of that, that'd be awesome. So I I just felt so adamant that I needed to put, release this song and I needed yeah. to get it out before the election. But like you said, it will still be relevant
0: yeah.
2: after the election and fortunately, or unfortunately, probably many years to come. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: so the other thing you just mentioned there was the challenges in connection with musicians. And are you basically a full-time musician then, or do you have a second job as well?
2: Yeah, I'm a full-time musician. Okay. Um, I teach private lessons. Okay. So through the pandemic, I've continued to teach and I've been able to switch to Zoom lessons, which has been really nice. So that's what I do primarily when I'm not touring.
1: Good. What changes do you think would take place to support working musicians, are trying to like make a living making music?
2: Well, a big one through all of this is going to be interesting to see how many venues survive Um, and a friend and I are working on musicians equity survey right now where we're serving musicians about what they want to see for live performance going forward and try to potentially help work um, to get some legislation to make sure that musicians have more fair pay standards or things like that. Um, But in terms of right now, what anyone can do is just support their favorite artist, whether that's tuning into a live stream or buying some merch directly from the artist. That's just really helpful
1: yeah so those are practical ways to try to support directly yeah and then you mentioned the initiative for like equity i noticed there's a campaign even to try like with spotify the penny a play Mm -hmm. that's something you're involved in too or
2: yeah we've been just talking to musicians all over the country and talking to some music lawyers about just spotify and that whole business model because there's the music industry is very unbalanced with yeah. where the wealth is and just, you know, how do we fight companies like Spotify that aren't paying musicians fairly at all? And it seems really daunting, but someone's got to try to do it. So yeah. I'm glad to be working towards that in some way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely example of an industry, I guess that has a history of being exploitive. Yes. Yeah probably even more so in the digital age
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so before we conclude is there anything else you want to say or plug
2: just that truth and song will be out by the time this podcast is up yeah but and it'll be posted
1: on the website for then too
2: awesome and i'll be doing uh pre-order campaign of sweatshirts and posters for the song that'll be coming up um you can find on my website misschristinemusic.com and that's a really helpful way to support me in this time since I can't tour and yeah the there'll be snippets up from I Voted Festival on November 3rd and Depending on what time this airs, they will be replaying the concert on November 4th. So you can look up I Voted Festival and find out more information.
1: Okay, so a lot of good things to check out. And any other social media where people can find you?
2: Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram if you look up Miss Christine Music. And then on Twitter, I'm Miss X Music because my name's too long and wouldn't (laughs) fit.
1: (laughs) Good, good. So, I encourage definitely our listeners to check out your social media and more importantly, check out your music. If they're able to support you through merch in other ways, that would definitely be good as well. So, thanks again. I definitely enjoyed our discussion.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate what you're doing so much.
1: Uh, Thanks. Appreciate that. So, this concludes episode 25 of the ongoing history of protest music. You can leave feedback at the contact page of the website, ongoinghistoryofprotestsongs.com, or DM me at Twitter, at tunesofprotest. of Protest. You can also leave me a voice message, which might be included on a future episode. Also, concerning the voice message feature, I'm asking you for your assistance on a special project, 500 Protest Albums Project. So you can leave a voice message mentioning your favorite protest album and why it is your favorite. And once again, that recording might be included in a future episode. It would also be considered a vote as part of that 500 Protest Albums Project. You can also support the podcast and the website at Patreon at patreon.com slash ongoing history protest music. Patrons receive exclusive content. So once again, I'd like to thank my special guest, Christine Ode. I definitely suggest you check out the music of Miss Christine. So to conclude, we'll play the track Truth in Song in its entirety. So thanks for listening, and please stay safe.
0: People, white people learn they have to do more than cry. We're running out of time, and big money won't let us decarbonize. Please expose them, they've hit it far too long.